Hey everybody, welcome back to Checkerboard Chat, the official sports podcast of the Daily Beacon. I'm Tyler Wombles, that's to Michael Cole, and we're back here bringing you more Tennessee football news, debates, discussions, whatever we want to talk about. So the Tennessee Vols football team has a game this Saturday at Tuscaloosa at the number one ranked team in the nation at Alabama. <laughs> just to kick us off to Michael, just what are your just the first things that you want to say about this matchup? Everybody get ready. I mean, you know what Alabama's capable of. We've seen Alabama over the years. We saw what Alabama did in Neyland against the number nine ranked team in the nation last year. But, I mean, it's of course, it's going to be a very physical game. We know what Alabama can do defensively. You know about Jalen Hurts as a quarterback offensively. Just put your seatbelts on and just try to hold on for the ride because it will be a ride. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a ride for, for at least one team probably. But um, obviously Tennessee is the underdog. I think it's, what, a 34-point? Yeah, 34 under, points. Underdog, yeah. Um, I read that this is the most – I mean, how long a time that this this game is the most that the widest margin in, yeah. in how many years? It's I think it's the widest period for Tennessee. Really, I, I believe so. Yeah. Well, and that just shows you sort of how Tennessee season has gone this year. Obviously, they're three and three, zero um, and three in SEC play. Not a lot of people are picking Tennessee to upset the Crimson Tide in this game. To Michael, do you think there's any chance that Tennessee pulls off the upset in this game? And if they if they can. How would they be able to do that? Like, what would they have to do to be able to get that upset? Well, if somehow they were able to pull off the upset, you'd have to look at the formula. The formula in the past against Alabama has been dual-threat quarterbacks. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Johnny Menzel. The list goes on. Was it um, Chad Kelly? Chad Kelly at Ole Miss? So that's, I mean, that's just three quarterbacks that popped off the top of my head. But dual-threat quarterbacks, if anybody gives savings problems, it's dual-threat quarterbacks. So, of course, Garantano has been labeled as a dual-threat quarterback. We saw a little bit of that running ability last week. But against a team like Alabama, who's going to be so sound defensively and is going to play all the keys right, I mean, him escaping out of the pocket, making that play to get that four or five yards may be the difference. So... If they were able to pull off the upset and obviously stopping the run too defensively, Alabama has arguably the best running back group in the nation, if not in top three, top four in the nation. I mean, of course, we know about Georgia's running back depth, but Alabama's, I mean, they're just as deep. Yeah, they're right up and there with them. Exactly. And, I mean, they have a freshman five-star running back, number one running back in the country, yep. Najee Harris, who barely even plays. Yeah, that's just, how good they are. That's how good they are. I mean, so – We've seen, I mean, the first quarter against Georgia, they held, UT held Georgia under 10 rushing yards. We saw against South Carolina, they shut down the rushing game in the first half, but they wore down as late. Obviously, they don't have the depth of Alabama over Georgia, but if you want to pull the upset in the formula, I mean, defensively, you have to stop the run and make Jalen Hurts beat you through the air. Granted, he is better than it through the air, but if you want to beat Alabama, you have to stop the run and offensively, Garantano's legs is really going to have to be a difference maker. And I like that. I like that you brought up Garantano. Obviously, he played 
Um, against South Carolina, got his first career start. Um, didn't throw any touchdowns, but also didn't turn the ball over at all. Right. He did have, I think, two fumbles that he uh, recovered both of them. Um, so obviously, I think I think a lot of fans right now are pleased with Garantano as a starting quarterback. I think he didn't show anything in that game to say that he shouldn't be the starter. I think he's definitely the guy moving forward for this team. And I think you're right, Michael. In order for Tennessee to have any chance at uh, forcing the upset. They'll have to rely on the the you know two-headed monster of John Kelly and uh, oh, yeah. Garantano. I think that you know obviously could run a lot of read option with that. You know um, maybe I think that the key for Tennessee will be running the ball and then holding the ball. I think you keep Alabama's offense off the field. You you run a read option, maybe get four yards, and you wait till that play clock <laughs> is about you know three seconds, two seconds left, and then you. Snap the ball again. You run your six-minute offense yeah, the whole game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, run your ten-minute offense. You know, it's um. I think that's really the way that you um that you attack Alabama because if you if you just go three and out against Alabama oh, yeah. and you let that offense keep getting back on the field and back on the field, this game could uh, it'll be a long day. Yeah, it could it could get ugly really quickly, and I think that that's what Tennessee has to do is really just run the ball, keep the ball in their possession, don't let don't keep going three and out. Um, obviously defensively they have to make the stops, but. I don't know if this team does have it in it to force this upset, but if they do, I think that's what you do. Um, obviously, DeMichael, we talked about dual threat quarterbacks a little bit. You talked about Jalen Hurts a little bit. Um, obviously, he's a guy that you know is in his second year in the program. He, he started last season, won the job. Um, is there anything else that you see out of him that you would just want to throw out there? Yeah, I mean, he's electric. I mean, he's second on the team in rushing. We talk about all the talented running backs they have, but the second leading rusher on the team is Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And, but he has the most carries on the team. Yeah. More carries than Damian Harris, more carries than Scarborough, more carries than Najee Harris. And in any level of football, and that's not very typical. It, it, at all. Yeah. At all. And he leads the team in carries, not in design runs, but, you know, he's, he's able to, when a play breaks down, he's so elusive and he's hard to contain. And we've seen this year – I mean, not even against the most mobile quarterbacks. For example, um, against Fromm from Georgia, where he got out of the pocket because of the defensive ends not containing on the outside, and he escaped the pocket and got some really big runs in this, against um, Tennessee in that game. So, I mean, he's just – Bob Ship said earlier this week, I mean, if you the defensive ends just crash just a little bit. He's He's got the speed. He's got the elusiveness to get outside. And it's going to be tough, especially – Daryl Taylor, as of yeah. right now, he's still not expected to play. Yeah. So DeAndre Johnson is questionable. That's two defensive ends right there, and it, it, it'll be tough yeah, to retain him. And Michael, just playing off a little bit on that, you know, Tennessee's defensive end depth has been slashed. Obviously, Darrell Taylor, he's a guy that you know has played in that position for Tennessee, but he's currently suspended indefinitely. Um, he reportedly had a practice altercation with uh, teammate Trey Smith. I don't know that that was ever exactly. Uh, reported to be true by Butch Jones or his staff, but that was what several media outlets reported. But he was suspended indefinitely. Um, Butch Jones said this week in the press conference that he's doing the right things. He's doing what he needs to, to do to get back on the team, but he will be suspended for this game. And obviously, you know, that leaves, you said, a DeAndre Johnson right. is out. That leaves a Tennessee with a lot of slash depth there. Um, obviously, Jonathan, Jonathan Kongbo has, you know, he started in that position this year. What have you seen out of him so far, DeMichael? I think he's he's played yeah. he's played decently. He's he's played 
decently. I don't, I don't think the production is there that you would want from one of the top JUCO defensive ends coming um, to Tennessee at the time. I mean, when they recruited him, he was expected to come in. And granted, you know, last year he played a lot of defensive tackle too because of injuries. Yeah. But he's he's not producing to the point what you need out of a starting SEC defensive end, especially when you're missing a guy like Daryl Taylor. You you want him to step up and fill that void. Of course, I mean, you know, there's only one Derek Barnett. Yeah, that's and true. I'm not saying Derek Barnett type production, but you want him to. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of pressures on you the quarterback from him. Yeah, yeah you, you want you want them to maybe force some double teams so you can get some easier matchups on other guys. And because I mean, we all know Bob Shoops likes the blitz. Yeah. But I mean, if you don't have the double team guys like Taylor, then the blitz can be picked up easier. So I mean, not Taylor, excuse me, but Convo. Yeah. But the blitz get picked up easier like that. So, yeah, I mean, they'll need more out of Kongbo, but they'll need more out of guys like Kyle Phillips, too. Kyle Phillips will have to play big. Matthew Butler, who was the freshman, he he, he saw time in the last game, and they'll need more out of him as well. In another position I want to talk to you about, DeMichael, is safety. That defensive back position, obviously, you and I were talking about oh, yeah. it earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Butch Jones did announce that Cheyenne Labruza is going to be out um, for the rest of the season. Obviously, and so that's sort of that defensive back rotation. That right. sort of not just safety, but all the other, you know, corner nickel. That sort of takes the depth out of there. Um, obviously, Micah Abernathy is a guy who's played. He did leave. I think was it the Georgia game or the South Carolina South game? South Carolina game. Yeah, and then Theo Jackson came. Right. He's a freshman. He came in and replaced him, and that just sort of sparked a little bit of debate about you know what <clears throat> if one of those guys goes down, who would go in? Obviously, you know. You go into the season, and I think Todd Kelly Jr. and Evan Berry are going to be your two guys at safety. Um, Todd Kelly Jr. is out for the season. Evan Berry, we don't exactly know what's wrong with him, but he's not playing. Yeah. So just what are you seeing out of that position right now, and what do you expect for, from that position group on Saturday? Well, the good news is the guys that they do have playing right now have played pretty good. Um, Nigel Warrior has been one of the most impressive players on the defensive unit so far, and Micah Abernathy has made a lot of big-time tackles as well. I mean, game-saving tackles. So, starting starters-wise, they're, they're strong. But behind those guys, it's a lot of questions. I mean, we saw against South Carolina when Theo Jackson came in. He, he came in and made a tackle, but we've seen in the past, like in the Florida game, where they could have brought in a guy like Theo Jackson for the last play, but they said they didn't want to bring in a player who hadn't played right. in – so, you know, in that situation, they didn't want to bring in a guy who hadn't had any experience. So the main thing now is you want to get these guys experience so in these situations they can be comfortable. But, yeah. Okay, and, and I like I like what you, the info you gave us there. But sort of switching gears now, um, don't talk about football anymore because <laughs> we can only talk about this matchup so, so much. much. But oh, yeah. um, obviously there is some news coming out of Tennessee basketball this week. Obviously it was the SEC media day. Um, for SEC basketball teams. Obviously, um, the media poll that they do every year did come out, and uh, Tennessee was ranked in order. It's an order of finish. So the numbers, like Kentucky was number one, so they're ranked to finish first in the conference. Um, Tennessee was ranked 13th out yeah, of 14th. 13th. So second to last place. DeMichael, do you think that's an accurate representation of what this Tennessee team brings to the table, and what are some of your um, predictions for this upcoming season? I, I was mildly surprised by it. I mean, I thought that this team would be somewhere in the tennis range, 
preseason. Yeah. Simply because they do have a lot of pieces coming in. They did lose a guy like Robert Hubs last year. But I thought they'd be a little higher. I mean, they had two two JUCO transfers come in. I mean, one guy in James Daniel, who was one of the top scorers yeah. in NCAA just two years ago. And then you bring in a guy like Chris Darrington, who Rick Barnes said was the best player on their trip um, yeah. to Europe. He was the best player on the team. And up front, they're getting bigger. They're getting more size up front, and that's been one of the things that's hunted UT basketball in the past few years. And, I mean, he, he's putting a big focus on rebounding, Rick Barnes is. And basically, I mean, I think fairly this team, this team will improve. I think this could be a borderline NCAA tournament-type team. I think you could see them make the tournament. But with that 13th ranking, you could see it in a way because the SEC as a whole has gotten better. I mean, you have some new coaches. I mean, even LSU, I believe, was picked to finish last. But Will Wade seems like he's, you know, turning them in the right direction. And a guy like Juan Zobarn was able to bring in the number one prospect in Michael Porter. So, and even Alabama with Avery Johnson. I mean, a lot of the teams who would – generally been at the bottom in the past are sort of rising up yeah bringing up bringing in talent and UT seems like they're bringing in talent as well but as of right now they're not getting the preseason hype of more so of the other teams I think they'll be better simply because they're a bigger team Rick Barnes is an excellent coach he's putting the focus on things like rebounding and also he says physically this team is physically tough I mean it's the toughest team that he's had since he's been here I mean, they have that depth at nearly every position. They're two, three deep at every position at least. So that's the main difference with this team. They have depth, and I think with that depth, I mean, you can you can withstand a couple injuries, and they should be stronger. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. I think um, another interesting you know topic with this team right now is Rick Barnes. Yeah. Obviously, it's his third season with the program. Last season, they wore sixteen and sixteen. I think sixteen and sixteen. Yeah. I think so. Somewhere in the yeah. race. Uh, I know they were 500 exactly. I think it was 16 and 16. But anyways, um, one thing I think that's interesting about the situation is, you know, Rick Barnes is one of the few coaches at, you know, coaching at one of these major Tennessee programs at <laughs> UT that is not on the hot seat. I knew you were I mean, if you think yeah. about, you know, you know what's true. going on with Butch Jones right now. Right. Obviously with the Lady Vols, Holly Warlick, you know, yeah. I think if she doesn't produce this year. Well, last year there was a lot of talk with her about, you know, oh, yeah, a lot of people yeah. wanted to change. Um, and I think this is a really big year for her in terms of her job security. Um, and I think those are the three major sports, you know, yeah. the football and the two basketballs. If you want to go a level baseball low. Baseball even got a new coach. Yeah, so. I was going to say, you know, Tony Tony Vitello's taking over baseball. Um, Dave Serrano resigned. He was probably going to be fired right. if he yeah. didn't resign. Um, and then obviously softball is – they're fine. Yeah, they're, I would say I'll, I'll say the um, weekly's just got a contract <laughs> extension. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting to see. You know, Rick Barnes. He's a guy that you don't hear any of that about. Obviously, he hasn't had the, you know, an amazing record in his two years here. I think he's right. lost more games than he's won so far. But you don't hear any of that talk about. Oh, we need to replace him. And I think that's really helpful for a coach like Barnes. Oh, yeah. I think you know that security. Yeah, I think he's an honest guy. I think the I think um the fans like him. I think that, you know. They're excited about what he brings to the, to the program. They're excited about his honesty, about what he brings to the table, about what he's bringing Tennessee basketball to. Um, yeah, so just to Michael, looking at Rick Barnes specifically, do you think that he has what it takes to lead this team, you know, into the tournament and then farther? Yeah, I, I really like Rick Barnes as the coach of this team simply because 
he's installing teams, installing things in his team that we haven't seen in the past. I mean, like I said earlier, he's putting the focus on toughness. I mean, the practice that I went to, there was a player running probably every two or three minutes. Every two or three minutes he's saying, run, run, run. So, I mean, he's installing that toughness in his team, and we've seen that, I mean, he can recruit. Yep. And now it's like, okay, he's going to go after the bigger guys going forward. But the freshmen that they've brought in, they've looked impressive so far, yep. to say the least. Even the Juco guys that they've brought in, they've looked impressive so far. So Rick Barnes is really starting now to get this team how he wants it. The main thing is the size. We saw the last two years since he just was undersized. And Rick Barnes said it both times that um, we have seen him this, this year so far. He said the team that won the national championship last season yeah, led the league, led the um, nation in rebounding. North Carolina, yeah. Yeah, and they were the best rebounding team in the nation. And he's putting the focus on that. He's letting his players know. And I like Rick Barnes a lot. Like you said, he's – I mean, he's straightforward with his players, and he's straightforward with the media. I mean, he, he just lets us know straightforward, and he's a really good coach. I like him. I think he'll be here a long time. And I'm glad you mentioned North Carolina because just a real quick tidbit, Tennessee does play North yeah. Carolina. I think we were looking at the schedule. It's like December 17th. Yeah, I think December it is. 19th, I is think. Is it 19th? Yeah. yeah. It's one of, those, uh, one of those days. It's pretty close to Christmas. Um, it'll be over Christmas break, but um, we do plan to have coverage for you. But – Obviously, that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. Um, thank you for watching. Be sure to follow The Beacon on Twitter at UTK Beacon Sports. Follow The Daily Beacon's regular account um, at UTK Daily Beacon. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Tyler Wombles. And that's – are you at yeah. Michael C? At the Michael C. Okay, yeah, and just make sure to keep up on the Facebook, um, the website. Just We keep updating those all the time. Just make sure that you check that out because we always – we got a we got a good section going right now, and we we appreciate all the work and all the views. So, thank y'all for watching. Um, we'll see you next time. Sign off.